we got so much positive feedback from the last time I did this that I thought I would go ahead and run it back again. This week's episode of Shop Talk is actually an excerpt from our new producers training call inside of Killing Commercial that we have for new producers every Monday. And we go around the horn, people ask questions, and typically they ask questions until there's one where I go off for 20 minutes. And that's what you're getting ready to hear today is exactly how we set this up. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you have an interest in getting deeper training and more one-on-one support, feel free to reach out. This is exactly what you could expect. You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency people if you're not using total pay by ipfs you're definitely leaving money on the table and action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level having partners like mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral, who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? I would get their employees enrolled into those and they would be required to watch them. And, you know, I didn't have a way to track it per se, but I had a way to get it into their hands, which is what I needed to do uh, to satisfy underwriting. And then I would follow up with either the HR or the CFO at that company to make sure that people were actually actually doing it. And then I validated that when I would go do site visits because I would check the inspection stickers on the ladders. And I know that if they're signed and dated, that they're actually following the program. And if they're not, then I have a few other questions I need to ask the people who told me that they were doing it. So I had to get street smart and create a lot of stuff. And my advice would be, you know, and we're kind of doing this, we're actually going through this process to a certain degree right now with our virtual professionals, because I'm have, I have a, a Hawksoft consultant that we're working with and she's awesome about sending us the PDFs, the videos, and all of that of each training she does with the VAs, but we didn't have anywhere to put it. So we're in the process of building a SharePoint uh, intranet right now um, inside the agency, which is not overly difficult to do and something that would be relatively inexpensive to outsource and have done, but saves a ton of money down the road because as I scale and bring more virtual help in to do these tasks... I don't want to have to pay a consultant an hourly rate of a few hundred dollars an hour to teach when I have a SharePoint of that same consultant teaching everything to us already that we can just have our people go through the different training modules there to to go look at it. So, you know, I would say if you're if you're if you're if there's things you need to create 
then SharePoint is a great way for you to do that. In our agency, a lot of that stuff is stored inside the CRM um, mm-hmm. at this point. HubSpot has a bunch of that stuff in there. So like when we create all the stuff for the 12-month solicitation calendar, not only does HubSpot do the distribution of that stuff, but it's a storage place for it too. It all lives inside of their, what they call playbooks. So, you know, really you've got two, you got two issues. One, how do I get it created? And two, where do I keep it and store it so that I'm I'm the last person who doesn't have this, right? Because that's what really makes it valuable is you're able to sort of put this roadmap together because Daniel isn't going to just have you be the, you're not going to be the last person that that does this, right? right. So I would, I would put my heads together with, with him or whoever's responsible for that kind of stuff inside the agency and just say, this is, this is what we need to be looking at because you're right. You got a taste of what it's, it's a heck of a lot easier. I'm just going to make a statement here and y'all better not go back and tell your agency principals. I said this. Okay. Because I will, I will make 10 points to the other side to, to, to refute what I just said, but I think you're going to agree with me. And it goes back to when I ran grocery stores, there was a break between when I worked for Winn-Dixie and when I worked for Target, okay? In that year, two and a half year break, I opened a service company in Birmingham, Alabama. I was in my mid-20s at that point, and I thought, I'm running the number one profit store in the entire company for this grocery chain. I can easily run this company. Guess what I found out? It's a whole lot easier to go in and execute policies and procedures that are already in place that you just have to learn and master than it is to have to create all that stuff from scratch and then do the same. We're at a point when we get, you're at a point where you have to create this stuff from scratch right now. Yeah. They're a multi-billion dollar company and they have everything at your fingertips. There's no, like your ISIC, your issue solution impact and your case study All you do is type in the word and it throws this data at you. You print it, you walk out with it. And I'm trying to like recreate some of that from my mind, but there's a lot where I'm like, man, what was the case study or what was the the financial impact of that issue that you, you fixed? I will tell you the other thing is, um, you know, you can use chat GPT for a lot of this stuff. Thank you. You know, you can go in and, you know, I'm not promising you it'll work because I've not used that use, had it for that use case before. But I can tell you, I don't know if y'all saw it or not. I put out, I very rarely ever post on my Facebook page about insurance related stuff. Very, very rarely, unless it's like video or something from Killing Commercial. There's, I, I don't ever solicit my Facebook friends, talk to them about what I do. I figure they know that already. And if they need me, they'll, they'll reach out. Um, but I did put up a post last week about reinsurance specifically because people don't understand it and they don't understand that's what's part of what's driving the massive rate increases people are seeing right now. They just, they don't understand because we live in silos, right? The average personal lines client thinks, why did my rates go up? I didn't have a claim or why did my rates go up? Nothing happened in my neighborhood or my town or whatever else when that's not really what controls the rates. So I said to myself, you know what? I need to get something out there. So I did an article on LinkedIn, not a post. And I did a post on Facebook. Both of those were 100% generated by ChatGPT. I curated them to make, the, I, I curated them inside of ChatGPT to get it closer to my voice and what I wanted it to be. But I got to tell you, man, that um, that LinkedIn post went off. Like I got almost 
200,000 views off of that post. And it was a chat GPT generated post. I don't advocate that you go out and write blog posts and things like that with chat GPT. And the reason why is because content marketing only works because people hear your voice. They, you don't want them reading content and picking up the phone to reach out to you. And they find out, wait a minute, this isn't the person that wrote that article I read. A, a social post is different. It's just information. I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not the same. It's much shorter. So the other thing is there, you're not going to, you don't see the checks on social that you do on like Google for AI generated content. So you can go put that stuff there and um, oh, give me one second. You can put your posts there, link back to something that's not chat GPT generated on your website and you work even, it works even better. So, you know, one of the things that I've done is I have, I, I go in and I ask it a lot of questions about things that I do know the answers to, but I don't always understand the best way to water it down. And so I'll go in and I'll ask it a question. And if it doesn't answer it as thoroughly as I want it to, I'll say, please re-answer the question as if you're an expert and it'll re-answer it and make it much longer form. And then I'll say, please take the answer above and, and rewrite it to a sixth grade reading level because that's best practices. If you deal with pharma or med device companies that do clinical trials, your informed consents have to be written to a sixth grade reading level. So I've always just done anything that I do, try to do it at sixth grade. It's gonna seem a little bit cheesy, but believe it or not, the easier your posts and things, your blog posts and things are to read, the better your SEO score is that has a direct impact on that. So a couple of other things that I've used that I use the AI for right now that I use chat GPT for that I think will help everybody on this call is I go in and I will, um, I will, I will, you, you have to pretend, well, there's two things. There's two sides to the conversation when we go into a new business appointment. Okay. So if I'm going to go in and I don't know why I picked this class of business, I don't write as much of it anymore, but if I'm going to go in and write, I'm going to call on the CFO of a $20 million a year precision machine shop. I can go into chat GPT and say, I'm an in commercial insurance agent in Tampa, Florida, who will be meeting with the chief financial officer of a precision machine shop this afternoon. What are the things that I need to know about his business from an insurance and risk management standpoint so that I can be prepared for my appointment? And it'll spit you out anywhere between 10 and 20 bullet points with brief explanations which is good because it just gives you an idea of what you know what you need to be thinking about and what's on the radar but it doesn't stop there here's why we're not the only ones that are using artificial intelligence we're not the only ones using chat gpt so you have to go back in and say i'm the chief financial officer of a 20 million dollar precision machining company i'm meeting with an insurance agent today about moving my business what are the questions i should be asking the agent when they come in and now you've got a cheat sheet of the questions that the cfo would ask you if they went to chat gpt to do the same awesome so that's something that i think like i talk about that a little bit when i speak in public not very much your competition hadn't thought of that. 
I'm sorry. I just, I can promise you, they may have thought about asking it the first question. Nobody is going to ask the second question and they're going to get dogged when they go in there because most many times that that stuff that it tells the the um, CFO that they need to be asking does not line up with the bullet points that it gave you. So that's why I say to do both. It'll help. It, it, Gabriel's like, you understand what I said? You look like I lost you for a second. Okay. No, no, I followed you. It, it threw me for a loop the first time because I thought it would be somewhat similar. But here's the thing. Think about this now. Big picture from a content and brand building strategy. If you're going to do that in precision machine shops are going to be a niche that you go after insert niche here. It doesn't have to be that it's whatever the niche is, but if you're going to do that and they give you between 10 and 20 bullet points that you need to be aware of when you go in, you just got a content creation list to answer all of the questions that those people would have. So the next thing you could do is you could take that very first bullet point, put that into chat GPT and say, please explain why this is important in a $20 million uh, precision machine shop and answer as an expert. And it's going to go into five paragraphs instead of the bullet point. Then if you want to reduce that down, you can. But the other thing is, if you really want to get creative with it, you could then take that list of bullet points. You could go over to the other, uh, the other website, answerthepublic.com. And you could type the bullet point in and answer the public is a reverse Google search. It's going to come back and it's going to show you every question that people typed into Google around that bullet point. So now you know the questions people are asking because there may be questions chat GPT didn't come up with. But the thing is, I've always felt like if you could get the list of questions, it's so much easier to create your content and sell because that's what people that's what people aren't getting answered. You know, they're either picking up the phone and calling an agency to ask it or they're just going to go straight to Google and ask the same thing. And when I talk to people about content creation, one of the biggest pushbacks that I get is, David, what do I write about? Well, the first answer is keep a pad and a pen next to your phone. Anytime you're asked the same question twice, write it down. Obviously, people have that question. You need to answer it, get it out on the internet because you can capture the Google piece. And my other piece of advice is go to answer the public. Answer the public is free. There's a paid version. On the free version, you get two queries a day with them. Ain't nobody on this call going to need more than two queries a day. So you don't have to go and, and, and buy the farm to buy the subscription. Just keep letting it trickle in at two a day, two a day, two a day, and you'll you'll be good. But, you know, that's that's the other thing I would recommend. And so, again, Jennifer, like I don't want to get like way, way, way ahead of all of this. But if you connect every single dot, you're talking about the case studies and all of those other things. Right. What if I had a case study that also had to do with the precision machine shop? Now I can go in, I can create my blog post. I can put it up. I can answer the question and I can have a download as my call to action to get a copy of the case study. Now my CRM is going to manage or manage or, um, capture how many download requests I get that goes into lead scoring because when you request a download, you automatically get 10 points in the lead scoring system for inside of our CRM. And that's how we, how it builds up who we should be calling, who we shouldn't be calling based on how it's scored. The CFO or relating to them mirroring, right? If they curse, I curse. If they're, you know, powerful, I'm powerful. If we're in a powerful stance, I'm going to do the same thing. It's more so um, bringing, like I said, that solution to them. And I've thought of chat GPT, just not how like 
how do I use ChatGPT to do that? And most of the time when I speak, but it's that CFOs watch Tommy Boy too, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm very much the same way, except I will draw, I, I speak in movie quotes most of the time. Most people don't even realize that I'm doing it, but I speak in movie quotes and I'll, I'll be in a meeting and I'll drop a Tommy Boy quote. You know, or if I if I say something, you know, and I make a mistake, I'll pat myself on the head, and say, you're gonna have to excuse me. I'm just a big, dumb animal, something like that. Right. If they chuckle and say, did you eat paint chips as a kid? I got them. They're my people at this point. Right. But if they don't, then I'm like, OK, we're going to drop the Tommy boy. Let's focus on maybe like a few good men or something more serious, <laughs> you know, like that. But that's that's honest to God. That's how I gauge a lot of how I'm going to get along with people is how they respond. And if they pick up on that stuff in a normal conversation and I don't know what happened. I never knew the show Suits existed until like five days ago, but I'm in season three already after binge watching it. And these dudes do the exact same thing, walking around, talking in movie quotes all the time. It's probably one of the reasons why I like the show so much. Kyle, have yeah. you ever seen Suits? It's so good. <laughs> you should watch the entire thing immediately. Yeah, well, Kyle likes Peaky Blinders, and I thought that was terrible, so I couldn't even get through. Oh, I love Peaky Blinders. <laughs> okay, well, everybody says that, but I couldn't even get through the first one. Huh? It wasn't because I couldn't understand them. No, I, I just, whatever. Anyhow. Anyhow, right. that was my question, so I yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Anybody else have anything? Gabriel, I know you sent me an email last week with a list of stuff that we didn't get through. I'll endeavor to get through that and answer you today. Gotcha. Thank you, David. Also, I, I have a, a follow-up task for myself to do that. I just keep hitting snooze on it because I was so slammed last week, but I'll, I'll get it to you today. No worries. I was curious, what are your thoughts about targeting companies that have been placed in the FJUA? Um, I think do you think it's, it's worth it or are they too gone? It's, it's okay. Um, you know... A lot of people do that. So you're going to have a lot of comp, a lot of like the workers comp specialist people are going to do that. But I don't know how many of them are doing it where you're at. And I don't know how many of them are doing it where you're at that have access to FCBI like you do, which in a construction capacity, they're going to be able to do some of the tougher classes that other people won't do. I'll give you an example, man. If I'm you and I know that I got that market in my back pocket, I'm going to target framers down there because there's not a lot of people who will write a framer. And if you can get in touch with, if you can get in front of the framers, you're going to get them a guaranteed cost workers comp program with a dividend on the back end. And you can talk to them about their mod and everything else. I would tell you a better place. And, and I, I would say, yes, you need to do that, but you need to do like four other things in addition to that, um, you know, with the the J, JUA. For those of you who don't know, it's the market of last resort in Florida for workers comp. So it would be the same as you going to your state pool, which I know a lot of people prospect that way. And it, it, it is a good way to prospect. It, it's just a matter of how much information you can get out of it. But I wouldn't just limit it to that. I would also work the stop work order list like I've talked about before. If you go to the Department of Financial Services and you, you may want to look in your states to see if you have this, because workers comp is compulsory in Florida, the Department of Financial Services sends out all kinds of auditors to catch people working without workers comp and they'll stop. They, they get a stop work order, they get a fine and they get penalties for doing it. Now, 
not every one of these companies is a shady contractor who doesn't have comp. It's a lot of the times a loophole in the, not a loophole, but it's a lot of the times somebody brought a day laborer in or a couple of day laborers in to a construction project or something because they were short staffed and the company is inside of a PEO. That's where the issue is. Because what happens is when you go into a PEO, you sign a master services agreement that essentially says, I'm moving all of my employees over to the FEIN of the PEO. And then you're going to get their FEI. They're going to withhold all the taxes and everything. They provide the workers comp, the benefits. That is a very quick and dirty explanation. But you have to have that employee approved. It says it. I've never seen a PEO master services agreement that did not stipulate that person cannot start work until you get all the paperwork turned in and they're approved. Well, down here, we deal with a lot of storms and stuff. And I can assure you, they ain't going to do that if we had a thunder banger come in and they got to get debris cleaned up. They're going to grab whoever they can. DFS knows this. So they show up on the website, on the, on the, um, job site and now they ask everybody to prove that the people that are on the job site are covered so they have to go through and prove that every single per they id all of that that are on the active roster and they'll call the peo to verify it as soon as they find the people that aren't game over they're going to get the stop work order and, and shut them down so gabriel you can go through there's a spot in the department of financial services website under the workers comp division for stop work order and you can pull the list of people who received a stop work order um, by county, by whatever date range you want. So you could say every morning when I come in, when I start my day, I'm going to go do the stop work order list first. You're not going to see hundreds of companies in there, but you'll probably see four or five every day. Figure out how to get a hold of them by going, you know, Googling them or whatever. That's honestly is sometimes the trickier part because you do deal with some people who are like paver installers or whatever else that, that don't have comp. They just didn't buy it because they're trying to skirt the system. But figure out how to get a hold of them. And then this is what you say. And I know you don't know how to do this. I promise you, I will teach you. It's very, very easy. But you let them know we have a lot of experience in helping companies like yours not only get workers' compensation placed, but negotiating with the state on your behalf to get you the absolute best resolution for the fines and penalties that you face. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes